second time on well second time on this channel uh we owe you a ton you've always been super helpful uh, should i make the same joke about darshan again we'll keep it recording though yeah, it's- <laughs> we'll keep it uh, we'll uh, get right into it um the first question i have to ask you is because i feel like it's played a role in your success how would you define um networking and how important do you think networking is i would say the only reason one of the reasons i'm here is because of networking um it's the most important thing you can do in your life if you want to um, if you want to have fun with what you're doing. You know, you want you don't want to burn bridges. You want to meet some cool people, some cool mentors, um, and uh, and always be be meeting new people in the industry. Not even in the industry. Uh, like you know, for example, I'm in right now. I'm in the cooking field and the restaurant field. So for me, it's really cool to be be meeting people that are in that industry but also people that are not even in that industry because you learn so much from everyone out there um i've been networking for a very long time and i've met some really really cool people and it's crazy because you know i've been in i've been in the restaurant industry four years and i've had people come to my restaurant that i haven't seen in like 10 years Mm -hmm. so when you see them come by and show their support and then they tell you a story about how we met uh, and what we did for each other back then and, and where we are now. Uh, it's so cool because you can learn so much more from that relationship that you kind of built and you've never really lost. It's kind of just been there. Uh, and then you can kind of rekindle that relationship and, and something might come out of it, right? My biggest thing is always about never burning a bridge. Um, always keeping relations with with everyone in in a positive uh, matter and uh, you know it's i think networking will will take you a long way if you do it right and uh, it should never stop you know i'm gonna and networking is not like you know people always think of it being so intimidating but it's not it's literally just starting up a conversation um and if you have a connection with that person then you just kind of you know keep their keep their uh their contact with you or whatever it may be whatever that connection is you just keep that with you uh whether it's a good one or not right so yeah it's i think it's a very important part uh, especially for my career um i think with with networking um and i i'm sure you can tell too oftentimes it's i don't know if it, for you it's it's hard for most people it might be hard to toe the line to show genuine genuine curiosity in the other person's life so it turns into a genuine network yep. or you can tell that this person's trying to not so much acquire something from me, but there's a reason, there's a purpose this person's talking to me. Um, how do you, if, like, how would you define networking then? How would you effectively network? I think it's all about that connection you make with someone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, like if, I, if, I, if I'm talking to a group of people and, you know, someone can come up to you and, and they're trying to get something from you, right? If you yeah. have to have a good judgment of people as well. Uh, and I, and I believe that I have a good judgment, uh, when it comes to, to, to relationships and people that I meet and whatnot. And, and if it's someone genuine and it's someone that's really interested in my craft, or if I'm interested in their craft or if I ask them a question, they're really genuine about it. You spark that, 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 uh, that relationship right away. Um, and it's all about 
you know, you, you obviously can't bring everyone into your, your circle and into your network. It's all about, uh, you know, keeping that, that relationship alive and that, that, uh, um, you know, just, uh, not reading people, I guess it would be more of, uh, just having a good judgment of people. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. If, if, if you're in, like, let's just say you're in a room full of people and I see a chef that I really look up to mm-hmm. and I know that I want to just at least say hi, uh, or just show my face and appreciate his, his or her work, you know, for me to go up to them and be a fan and just be like, Oh my God, I love your stuff. Blah, 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 you know, they're never going to remember me because they're going to, they get that all the time. But for me, it's more about that personal connection. So if I go up to them and introduce myself and say, listen, you know, I'm a big fan of yours. I really appreciate what you do and, and, uh, and kind of leave an impact on them. Uh, I think that's going to go take you a little bit further in life because number one, you're genuine about it. Um, You're going in with, with, with positivity and uh, you're going to leave some sort of, um, some sort of uh some sort of connection uh with that person right so number one it's all about connection i think with me personally it's all about connection if i can have a connection with someone uh i'm always obviously gonna take that and 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 just like the vibe right like connection yeah. vibe right yeah exactly it's all about the vibe right yeah. uh, i'm all about you know good vibes and and if you read that off people and if someone's giving you know like three of us we we, we have a good vibe when we're when we're hanging out together and that's why we we connect with each other right if you guys were assholes, I wouldn't be talking to you guys, right? So it's like, you know, it's just, it's all about that vibe. And, and over the years, I've, I've kind of, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been to my advantage of, of reading good, good people and good vibes and keeping them around my circle and, and kind of going forward with that. You gave a really good example about um, have a chef across the room. Now, what stops people from saying hi to the chef? Is it fear or is it ego? Like, what is stopping, um, like, you, you're obviously comfortable doing it, but yeah. there are a lot of people who aren't. Um, yeah. What do you think is holding them back? Is it the fear of being sort of, um, what's the word, like, uh, being like, okay, the, the chef goes fuck off, or is it the ego that, fuck this, who the fuck, I don't have to go say hi to anyone. Yeah. What do you think is the number one thing holding people back from just having that discussion? You know, it all depends on the... It, so it's a bit of both, right? I'll give you an example, another example. I won't name the chef, but I remember walking up to a chef and I, I've met this chef multiple times. We've been out to dinner and I remember seeing the chef uh, at an event and I want to go say hi uh, again and just kind of show a face and, and say what's up. And um, that chef pretended like they didn't recognize me or they didn't know me. And I kind of felt stupid for even going up and saying hi, but I didn't give a shit. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to say hi, I'm going to say what's up. And I did my part. Uh, I think there's a bit of both. I mean, for me, I can go up to anyone and say, Hey, how you doing? My name is Rick. Love your stuff, whatever it may be. What are you going to lose from that? You're going to lose nothing, right? If that chef or that person is a complete asshole, then you don't have that connection with that person. You think of this person as, oh my God, I love this person. You know, I look up this person and all of a sudden you go say hi and he's rude, he or her is rude. Then, then you kind of have a different perception of that person, right? Um, so I think, you know, it comes down to, to some people being fearful 
because they're shy and they're intimidated because they, they put this person on a pedestal yeah. uh, and they look up to this person so much. Um, and then when you go meet them, they can either be nice to you or they can be a dick to you, right? The, uh, dick, the dick thing, like, let's say like that chef, for example, who pretended like he didn't know you or didn't remember you. How does one grow skin thick enough not to be rattled by that? What are things that people have to do to, because it's going to be a con, if you want to be successful, like the position you're at, and I'm sure you have so many more steps to take, that's going to happen to you once in a while. How do you build something within you to where it just bounces off you and you keep it moving? You just strive to be better, better than them. Um, you just, you, you, you think positive and you say, you know what, it's nothing against myself. Uh, it's, it's, you know, if they're having a bad day or if they're just like that in general, well, then you know what? They know what's coming for them. You know, if someone's a dick 24-7, then you know you're not a good person. You know that you're not going to have a good circle around you and you're not supported by good people or whatever it may be. You just know that I thought of this person this way, but this person's really this way. So just like a little bug, get out of my way and let me just keep going forward and doing my own shit. Because at the end of the day, no one's going to stop me. I'm going to keep doing what I'm going to do. And, uh, and if, you know, you might, there might be an hour or two or a day where you're like, Fuck, that really hurt. Like, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I look at this person so much and it kind of brings you down. But then you think about everything that you're doing and they're not doing, or you think about who you are as a person and what you have instilled as a person and what you've been brought up with. And that just kind of re-energizes you and kind of brings positivity back into you. And you're like, fuck it, let's just go with it and, and be better than this person, right? If they, and you know, it, it's, it's when people look up to someone um, and, and, and they don't think, they, in their mind, they're like, this person's like up here. And then all of a sudden they kind of get pushed back. It, you're right, it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't affect you that much. And it's, it could be like that person has a bad day or whatnot, but just don't take it personally. You know, you never know what that person is also going through, right? That person might be going through a lot of bad things, you know, especially in the restaurant industry. They're not having a good day or, you know, they're having a bad day with life or in general. Uh, they could be taking it out on you. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's very it's, hard for some people to be on all the time. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. It's so, you're, you're so right. Um, so, in, so, like, Going back to dicks, um, <laughs> a lot, a lot, your uh, sort of um, career, uh, your life in general involves a lot of collaboration. Even like your restaurant um, and, and everything that you do with it is a collaborative effort. You can't do it by yourself. Is it possible to run a successful business, uh, a successful brand um, by working with people that you don't like? Or do you feel like um, you have to have people working with you that you like or can like, you know, have around at all times. How's that experience been like, or is it even possible? Do you feel like, um, it, you can work with assholes? Uh, I, I've never, I've, if, if I know that person is an asshole or, or is not good for me or my brand, I'll never work with them. Um, you know, when, when, you're, when your name is on your restaurant and you believe in your product and yourself and, uh, and your vision, I don't think you should compromise that brand or that vision at all. Um, you know, some people might do it for the views. They might do it for the numbers. For me, 
I don't really care so much about that. I, I care about working with good people that, that believe in my vision, that believe in my hard work, and I believe in them as well. And, um, you know, it's up to that person to, to say yes or no. And, and there's some people that are going to say yes to everything. Um, and, uh, it, you know, uh, it's definitely possible to, to collaborate with people that you like and not work with people that you don't like. Like I said, there's people that do it for the views and they'll work with everyone, but it's up to that person at the end of the day, right? This is my brand at the end of the day. I've worked my ass off for it and uh, I'm going to bring in and work with people that are like-minded like me because if I'm working with someone that I don't like, it's going to show on camera or it's going to show on my product or I'm just not going to have a good time. Okay. You know? and, uh, and, and I, what I do, I want to have the best time of my life uh doing it you know i don't want to be miserable and, and and i've worked on set before restaurants i used to be doing film and photography so i've worked with a lot of um celebrities that i've seen behind the scenes and they're not fun to work with yeah um and it kind of sucks because you're like you're you're putting all this effort into it and you're 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 you're, you're working non-stop hours and this person is being so mean or miserable or just doesn't want to be there but you have to do it because you're paid to be there. Um, and so I learned that a long time ago that just work with like-minded people and just have fun with it. Uh, and you know what, if there is someone that's being a dick on shoot or, or at the restaurant or a collaboration, set them straight, man. It, you know, this is, um, set them straight in the right way, in a, in a positive way. Maybe, like I said, maybe they're having a bad day. So talk to them like, hey, what's up? Like, you know, this is not vibing because it's going to show at the end of the day. Like if I, if I was sitting here right now and I'm, miserable and mean like this interview wouldn't be this podcast wouldn't be going the same way right you guys like fuck what's going on right so it's 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 always it's always important to work with the people that you envision your brand to be aligned with um so clearly i guess whenever when someone starts a business um they look for gaps in the industry to starting a business in um what gap did you see in the particularly in the cell. I don't want to say just Indian food because I feel like you sort of in the GTA have been one of the few people who revitalized like fusion food. So I think it's unfair if I just label you as an Indian restaurant, but what gaps did you say, did you see in, in, well, we can talk about the food industry in general, but particularly also in the South Asian industry where you're like, there was a space for me to make a mark. Well, what were these gaps that you saw? It's um, number one, it was putting our, so when I won Rescue to Riches with the, the butter chicken lasagna, that kind of put butter chicken on the map uh, mm -hmm. and kind of Indian food on the map when it came to something fusion, you know, taking mm -hmm. butter chicken as a staple Indian dish and taking lasagna and putting it together. It's like, I know what a lasagna is, but I might not know what Indian food is or butter chicken is. And kind of, I saw that gap between introducing the whole world to Indian food in a way that they're comfortable with. So yeah. burgers, pizzas, pastas, um, you know, putting an Indian twist to, to everything uh, was that there was a huge gap on that. And a lot of people are intimidated by, by Indian food because of the spices and they think it's curry and think it's all spice, but no, it's necessarily not that it's, it's more of both flavors and there's so much more to our food than, than curries. The second thing was um, there was so many, you know, 
when it when it when you when let's just say if you go to food court and you say you see sorry i'm just gonna shut this off here um when you go when you go to a food court uh and you see you know manchuwak you see mandarin uh you know asians got their their food in the food court uh you see um i don't know uh what's another example mr greek you've got greek food there and you're starting to see indian food now uh with some indian restaurants but there wasn't really that franchise corporate kind of model for Indian food. And, and, I, and I thought that, you know what, if I can come up with this awesome brand of food that I grew up eating of North American Indian Punjabi cuisine and fuse them together um, and make it accessible to everyone, uh, what better way to do it than by doing what I do? And there's a huge gap where I, where I, where I saw ourselves fit. And it was literally just taking what I grew up with and elevating it a little bit and, uh, and putting it out there and people loved it. And I think now we're starting to see a lot more, I don't know if it's fusion, but it's like, it's like this experimental street food, uh, cuisine fusion, kind of a mixed mash of flavors, uh, that's, that's evolving. And I think it's beautiful because, there's so many people out there like myself and like you guys that grew up eating Punjabi Indian food, but in a macaroni or in a pizza or, you know, in a burger. I'm not the only one. I'm sure you can as well, right? Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it was such a cool thing to do and, and introduce it to people. So when I have people come to the restaurant now that are non-South Asians, their minds are blown because they're like, man, this tastes like an actual cheeseburger, but like better than a cheeseburger, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it's, 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 it's fun to see my customers go through that. And, and that's kind of where I saw that void and that gap. Um, so we're just having fun with it. One, uh, one dish at a time. Um, so when you look, let's say if I'm starting a restaurant and I'm looking for a gap, um, does that gap have to be more geared towards my, the idea behind my food? So fusion or the quality of my food, is it possible? Do you think to run a successful or open up a restaurant and be successful in this sort of era? by like i'll open up an italian restaurant but i'll just make better food than you or be bet my food will taste better or do you think now because there is sort of i guess there's a lot of fucking restaurants in downtown toronto or even the gta you need to have a crazy idea like churro burgers or fucking nitro ice cream uh, what do you think a new restaurateur needs to focus more on i think uh I mean, anyone can have a, an amazing idea. That's something that's different. That's out of the box. Now, number one, it could be a fad that'll last a year or two. Um, but if you have something beyond a fad that's going to last, you know, that's it's a brilliant idea. Number one, your quality of food has to be spot on because if you're creating a restaurant that is something different and unique, and you're the only one that's doing it, or um, you know, it's different than your average shawarma or butter chicken or whatever it may be. Um, your quality has to be number one. Your customer service has to be spot on. Um, and, you know, your restaurant and your staff have to be professional and clean. Those are the three things that I strive at at the restaurant. And I think if, if people can really follow that and not cheap out on your quality of, of ingredients and uh, your customer service and your cleanliness in your restaurant, you'll do fantastic. Uh, obviously the idea has to be brilliant too. You can't just open up any other Italian restaurant or any other Indian restaurant. And if you do stay true to yourself, don't change it for the masses. Everyone is so scared because they're like, okay, well, 
you know, I want to open up an Indian restaurant, but I want to do some sort of fusion stuff. But then they just kind of, they, they, they put it out for a little while and then they kind of get scared and they just go back to the traditional Indian stuff. There's a ton of Indian restaurants out there. Just stay true to yourself, uh, stay true to your vision, but don't cheap out on anything. You know, if you're going to open up a restaurant and you want people to come over and over again, don't buy that shitty meat. Don't buy that canned, like, tomatoes. Don't, you know, hire incompetent staff, you know, you, and, and, and clean your restaurant. There's so many factors in running a successful restaurant, but people get so tired and so drained or they just lose their vision of when they open a restaurant and all they want to do is just make that same dish and just dish it out, right? So... Yeah, it's, it's, it's number one for us is quality. I mean, I can, we, we, we buy some of the best meat out there and it's, we've been in there for four years now in our restaurant and I've never cheapened out our meat. And we've had so many suppliers come up to us and be like, we can reduce your cost by half if you use our product. I look at their product and I don't even taste it. I don't even cook it because it's bad meat. It's the low grade meat. And there's restaurants that are using that, mm. but you know, there you can see the difference of sales, and you can see the difference of the clientele that go there, and people that spend the money, and 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 what they're going through. Right? Um, it's all about passion versus just running in a restaurant and operating it. I have a couple more rest, uh, questions about like the rest, restaurant industry. Um, so with fusion, there's also been fusion by people that aren't colored people. There's been fusion by white people, whether it's you know, turmeric lattes or goat yoga, whatever you have it, um, there's been fusion on both ends. Uh, what's something that you look at in the Western world that's being done by people that aren't South Asian that makes you smirk or that you feel like um, is being butchered um, uh, or being done a disservice? Like what's something that right now, not gets you aggravated, but it, it's, it's kind of funny to see. Because I remember growing up, like when you, when you, if you'd bring an Indian, lunch to school you'd get made fun of a little like oh, I, all the time yeah <laughs> what do you see now where it's like it roles have reversed and you feel like mainstream the mainstream restaurant industry is sort of butchering or do you feel like we're not there yet you know what i um i'll give you one example the turmeric latte i mean all the power to people that are making 10 bucks for a shot of turmeric latte but We've been doing it for, for generations and generations. And it, you know what? Business is business. People are going to make money and people are going to fall for it, right? At the end of the day, if you sell... We got a quote for, we got a quote for Rick's uh, chapter. We got the quote. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, at the end of the day, if you can monopolize on that, why not, right? But it's, uh, listen, if you're going to take on that fusion route or if you're going to do something that's not in your realm or, or you know... It, if I'm going to start making Jamaican food and I've never made, well, I mean, I do jerk chicken samosas, but I, I make sure that I do it right. But you, you have to pay respect to the food that you're making. Um, it, you can't just make jerk chicken with slapping on some spices and call it jerk chicken. You got to really do your research and know jerk chicken and talk to people that have made jerk chicken and eat jerk chicken and, and, and make sure that that is authentic jerk chicken. Now, people that are butchering it, um, please, you know, govern yourself accordingly, man. Like, don't, don't do that. Like, like, <laughs> pay respect to, to, to that culture and like turmeric milk. Yeah. 
you know, that's been happening for centuries now in India. And turmeric is such an essential ingredient in our lifestyle. It's not just for food, it's for healing. It's for, for everything, for, for brightening up skin or whatever it may be. But they're throwing it in milk and charging 10 bucks for it. Listen, do it, but pay respect to it, you know? Talk about the health benefits of where it came from, why people drink this stuff, why people utilize this ingredient, where it actually is grown. If you go to India and you actually, some people don't even know turmeric is an actual root. They yeah. just think powder. No, it's an actual root that actually is grown underground. That is a beautiful process uh, behind turmeric. And so if you're going to do it, do it properly. But at the end of the day, like I said, business is business. If you can make money from it, do it, but just do it right. Um, going back to uh, networking, and we spoke a little bit about fear and um, to, to successfully network, uh, fear is something that you shouldn't have. Are there things that you do fear? Like, what's, what would you say your biggest fear is in general? Is there something, like, I, it doesn't have to be a constant fear. Yeah. But I'm sure there's something there that you sometimes think about that makes you wary or maybe scares you a little. I think um, one of the things is not being able to stay grounded. Okay. I don't know if that's kind of like a, a fear, but, like, I'll give you an example. I love examples here. <laughs> no, they're great. After winning Recipe to Riches, you know, I got a lot of fame from it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people knew who I was. They knew the brand. They knew, you know, my face. And I let it get to my head for a little bit. And I felt like I, I didn't change as a person, but I would be a little bit more cocky than I was. And I remember my wife telling me and, and, and be like, listen, like, like we had a conversation about this and, uh, and right away I was grounded and my fear is like, I don't want anything to get to my head to the point where I think I'm higher than myself. No one should ever think that they're higher than themselves, you know, always stay grounded, always stay positive and, you know, I, I have, I, I know people that, that have thought like that, that, that think that they're higher than themselves. And it's sad because it changes a person and as a human being, and it is so sad to see because it hurts. Um, and I, I think that's, that's one of my biggest fears because I don't want to hurt anyone around me. And I, and I think once you, you, you start thinking that you're, you're bigger than yourself, shit just hits a fan and things start to crumble and, you know, you lose relationships, you lose sight of yourself, your health, your well-being, your mentality, your business, whatever it may be. I think it all starts to crumble. And, 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 and yeah, I think that's one, one thing, which is kind of like a failure, right? A fear of failing is, uh, I know failure can be a good thing and a bad thing, but failing to the sense of just really losing yourself uh, would be horrible. I don't um, know if that's or not, but yeah. No, 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 it makes sense. Um, the, I guess the opposite of failure um, would be success, right? Um, what does what does success mean and look like to you? Like, what does being successful mean? Like, how would you define? Because success is different. Like, I know for a fact Darshan's version of success, because I, I know him so well, is very different from an average person's version of success. A lot of people attribute. Um, attribute career success to just success nothing else really matters 
um, but there's very varying forms of success. What does success look like to you? Over the years, uh, over the last two years, I've actually been able to define that answer. And I think that's uh, being healthy, um, being grounded, and, uh, and loving yourself and loving the people around you. Uh, health has been such, you know, working out and has been such a great uh, success form for me and keeping my kind of energy levels and, and mental levels and, and all that goodness that comes out of working out, eating properly and well-balanced diet, that's helped me to kind of really focus on life. Uh, if I can really take care of my body and my mental state, everything around me is successful because I'm now, um, you know, my business, when, you're, when your mind is, is fogged up and you really are stressed out and you feel like shit and you rely on alcohol or drugs or food, that really, that really fucks with you, right? Um, because you, you, you can't concentrate, you can't move forward with all that stuff. And I think over the last two years, I've really focused on my health. And, you know, when your parents, when you're growing up, they're like, health is wealth. Yeah. It's fucking true. It's right. Particularly when your dad looks like your dad is like the fittest guy I've seen in my life. Like that guy looks like he's, your dad looks like he's 50. Yeah, dude. We, we, everyone, every time we go out, they're like, that's your dad. He looks like your brother. Mm -hmm. And they look so young. And it's like, you know, it's, I think health is, is, is the most successful thing. Uh, once you learn it, uh, it's the most successful thing that will lead you to other successful things like a successful business, a successful relationship, uh, the decisions you make, uh, I think it all leads from that one core thing, which is, which is, which is health. And I'm still learning every day, man. I, I you know, there's days where I don't want to work out and eat healthy. And there's days that I, that I, that I do, uh, just an hour before talking to you guys, I went for a workout and, uh, I, I was like, I told my wife, I was like, let's just go for a walk, you know, being lazy. And then, we got outside. I'm like, no, nope, let's go for that jog. Let's go for that 20 minute jog. Let's do those cardio, those weights. And I feel like a million bucks right now. You know, I showered up. I, I, I did my beard. I feel good. My mental state is good. I, I feel good talking to you guys. Um, I could have been in a different mood right now talking to you guys if I didn't work out maybe. Right. And I was feeling low. I was feeling low energy. So it's, it's a drug. It's a medicine. You know, it really does pump up your, your endorphins and, and gets you going. Uh, it's a natural high, and I didn't believe that until I started working out. And sometimes you work out, and you're like, "Holy smokes, this is better than any drug or alcohol or any you know, whatever it is uh, that I can do." So I think that's that's probably who, who, who do you who, who do you think of when I say the word successful, and why do you think of that person? It could be anyone in the world. Man, that's a hard one. I, I, this might be like a, I look at my parents as successful. I look at all the parents that have come here 30, 40 years ago as a true success story. Um, meaning, you know, and I, this might be cliche, but this is the first thing that comes to my mind. But if you think about it, our parents came here 30, 40, well, my parents came here since uh, 75. So, the stories that I heard from them when they say that they came with this much money in their pocket to what they did 
to watching them grow up with, you know, with them working two, three jobs to where we were in high school, to where we are now, to where we are headed from here on in. They've instilled hard work in our generation, for sure. And the reason I work my ass off is because, number one is for them, because they work their ass off, because I saw them working their ass off. Um, and because they worked so hard and they didn't complain, they didn't, you know, make you feel like shit for working hard. They did everything in their power to put us in soccer, put us in karate, uh, make us blend in with, with, you know, friends, um, make us grilled cheese sandwiches to fit in with our, with our friends in high in, in grade five, but sneak a little bit of chutney in there with that Punjabi twist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was, it, you, you hear the stories from back then and you see, the, you see the smiles on their face now of what you're doing, working hard. And, and there's no stopping because we're just going to keep working our asses off. I don't know about the next generation or the generation after that, but I know that our generation, for sure, um, we've seen our parents work our butts off. And, you know, I can speak for your guys' parents as well. They as well, you know, they're the same thing. Like, they work their asses off to where they are, where they are now and, 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 and have put, uh, you know, t- brought you guys up very well as well. And same with us, right? We got good values out of that. So, for me, that's, that's successful. For me, success is hanging out with good people around us like that's 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 a successful measure i don't really look at like a celebrity per se or someone that's out there that's making a million bucks that's successful they're doing great fine i don't know what's behind the doors you know they might be showing on camera that they're doing fucking amazing and then behind the doors you never know what they're going through so that's not really true success um but i think people around you um that you kind of align yourself with is is great success so i had a little bit of wine before this darsh just and i want to say that answer was fucking perfect man yeah. <laughs> that's, fucking, that's that a fucking good. answer that you were like the grilled cheese thing particularly yeah. like, that's why i i think that's what people need to fucking hear right because I, I think a lot of people associate success with you know vince mcmahon or you know yeah. David yeah. Chang. yeah that's great but i think that's a fucking answer that people want to hear and that's like the right answer too like there's are there are sometimes such things as right answers, and I feel like that's the right answer. That's your example. What? Yeah. What if though, say you go back like five, ten years, uh, what would your idea of success have been back then? Because I feel like once you're at a spot where, I get you've kind of accomplished some level or some number of your goals, then you can kind of be like, oh, okay, and now what? You know what's important, and then you recognize, you know, the village it took for you to get there, and you you recognize all of it but would before when you're not near there right your would you, you think your idea of success would have been the same no not at all um <laughs> my success back then would be watching celebrities like these celebrities making all this money a hundred thousand dollars to me was holy shit that's successful oh my god i want to make a hundred grand uh you know uh, a couple of hundred grand later <laughs> I'm not happy yet. <laughs> you know, people with yachts, people with fancy cars, that was successful to me. But yeah, man, as you work your ass off and and really put that grind in and that sweat equity pays off later on, you really know 
what's what success really means and uh you know you can have those fancy cars you can have that fancy house but if you don't have that fancy health then there's no fucking success right i mean all that shit is materialistic at the end of the day but yeah back then man i was it, it was a total different answer altogether <laughs> <laughs> um this might be a weird question to ask because it's it's very direct but like if i were to ask you are you successful how how would you like how would you answer that question do you feel like that's an unfair question to ask people or do you feel like um, there is an answer to that um or you do you feel like it's a process that you will finally you you feel like you are there because you know when when you ask someone are you successful and if the person says yes some people automatically attribute that to a sense of ego but it, it can also be a sense of yes i am where i want to be and i'm happy so would you say you're successful or do you still have a ways to go Listen, I, I always have a ways to go and I'm always going to be that because I'm my hardest, I'm the, like my worst critic because I I always want to strive for the best. But if you ask me right now if I'm successful, I would say I am successful. And the reason being, I'm doing what I love. Um, I've always, you know, I've, I've started like five, six businesses before this and it's always been a passion of something that I love doing, you know, whether it be photography or marketing or designing or security. It was started from nothing and I made some money out of it. But at the same time, I loved doing what I was doing. I, I learned that the hard way because when I was working corporate and I got fired, I promised myself at age 27 that I would never work for anyone else, anyone else ever again. And I've never worked for anyone else the last 10 years. It's been 10 years and I've worked for myself. And for me, that's successful. Like for me to answer just to myself is the greatest feeling I can have and create my own hours and create my own workflow. Man, I'm getting shivers just thinking about that because it's like when you can reach that level of working hard and not answering to anyone, it's the greatest feeling um, ever. So, um, no, that's, that's a great answer. Freedom. It's freedom. Yeah, you feel, you feel, you feel, you don't feel like there's someone behind you just, telling you what you do you're you're literally telling yourself what you're to do. you're completely benefiting from the fruits of your own labor exactly it's an emancipation right it's in being emancipated um and i think that's what everyone wants and everyone actually everyone thinks money gets you the emancipation but there's a lot of things involved there what do you think and you spoke about being grounded and you spoke about um, being able to work for yourself what's a life skill um um that someone can adopt uh, and that you feel that has been crucial to your success? Uh, what do you think is a simple, or maybe even complicated life skill that you need to have sort of every day or it needs to, you need to be equipped with um, to you know, get to that success? Or what, what was something that you had, whether it was genetic, whether you learned it from your wife or your father or whoever, um, that's been most responsible for your success? A skill. So, sorry, repeat the last part again. What was the... A life skill you feel like that's... Life skill. ...responsible uh, for your success. I would say a life skill... Man, that's, a, that's another tough one. These are good questions. Um, can I say what I think? Can I say what I think? What do you say? I know what. What's that? 
Sorry, we're just chiming in here. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> she knows me better than I do. I know myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I didn't hear what. What did her joke say? I'm gonna say that right now. So she said, "I'm a sponge." Like, and and and, and she's right. So, I. I'm going to kind of backtrack this. When I went to, I went to Sheridan College after high school for marketing. Yeah. And after the first year, I dropped out because I wasn't really learning much or I wasn't really, it was, you know, everything by the textbook. I was, I had to do all these tests and I hate tests and I hate exams. And I was like, you know what, this is not for me. So I dropped out and I started a business. Then my parents were like, go back to school. So I went back to school and I dropped out again because I just wasn't learning anything. But in that time when I dropped out, I started a marketing company. I was taking marketing, so I was like, you know what, let's start a marketing company. And that's where I met Darsh. And I learned everything from designing Photoshop to you know, uh, designing a website for my company to, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I learned everything on my own by just learning on my own, by opening up a textbook, watching a video, when I started a photography company, um, I picked up a camera and I just learned the functions of it. I'm not really, I don't learn by someone teaching me or a textbook uh, in front of me. I learn by just fucking doing it. And I think that's where she means that I'm a sponge, that I just absorb everything. And that has been my greatest skill, I think, till this date. Because, you know, if I want to come up with a recipe, I'm, you know, I'm not a trained chef. I... I I'm now a chef because I have a restaurant. I have all these hours underneath my belt, but I don't know, you know, French cuisine off by heart. I don't know how to make a proper sauce from scratch sometimes or whatever it may be. But if I go to YouTube and I watch a mid video for five minutes, I'll make the best fucking sauce you've ever tasted because I'm more of a visual learner and kind of just doing it and learning and making mistakes and kind of growing from there. And I think that's probably one of my best skills that, uh, that I have. And it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's, that happens, that, that's with anything in life, whether it's restaurants to financials to accounting to business running. I, I've never worked in a restaurant. You know, I've never ran and operated a restaurant. I've never operated a, a restaurant at high volume. But fuck, we did it day by day. We, the first year and a half was the hardest years of my life. I was working with my mom, who's my business partner, my wife, my sister, my aunt, and the arguments and fights that we would get, get into, it was unbelievable, but we learned. And we kept learning every single day by mentors, by, by Food Network, by YouTube, by, by just trial and error. And now we're, you know, ripping. We have a full house every single day, and it's like, where we started to where we are now, it was just trial and error and stuff that we learned over the years. So yeah, I think that's probably one of my greatest skills that I have. Going back to the sponge thing, how do you become a sponge? Like for example, um, like you've done a range of things. I remember when my dad had the mechanic shop and I don't know if you remember, you used to do the uh, um, marketing for Toronto Star. Yeah. Lafafa, I think. Up and La Fafa. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you've done um, you, uh, uh, you on Omni, you did a cooking show. Um, you created uh, 
art events with her jot. You've um, done a thousand things. So you've done a range of things, right? How do you how do you become a sponge? Like, what's the biggest? Like, how do I tell like a young sixteen year old like this is how? Do you think it's inherent, or did, or did you do things actively to sort of you know absorb all this information? Like what? I just I to be honest, I just kind of. If I had an interest in something, I would just pick it up. And uh, my whole thing is making money from passion. So I love cooking, and I find that there's a way to make money out of it. Let's try it out. Mm -hmm. You know, if I love photography, I'm going to learn how to use a, a camera. And if I'm good at it, let's get better and let's make some money out of it. So it's like, do what you love. Mm -hmm. If you do what you love, you will learn everything there is to know about that craft and you will you know a lot of people ask me like who's your favorite chef or who's your what's your favorite magazine or what's your favorite restaurant i really don't have favorites because i really keep my head down and i just think of things that i want to do and i get i'm all about inspir getting inspired by people and, and, and activities and things that i see and then i just create my own thing and I, and the reason i do that is because i i love what i do so if there's advice to, to a young person that wants to pick up a knife and cook or that wants to take up film or photography, only do it if you love it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it because you have to or because someone's telling you to do it. You know, a lot of, I think it's funny because when we grew up, parents would always say, be a doctor, be a lawyer. Well, fuck, half these doctors and lawyers don't even enjoy doing what they're doing now. Mm -hmm. But they did it because their parents told them. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you, if you ask them, What's, what's one thing you've always wanted to do? It would never be a doctor or a lawyer. It'd be like, I want to be a chef or a pilot or something. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. We're in a time right now, which everyone is at home locked in. This is the greatest time to utilize those skills and pick up a craft, a hobby. Whether you make money off of it or not, just do it. Just do it because you have the time. You're never going to get this time again. So take this time to utilize it and you never know, you might make something out of it. And for me, it started off as a passion. I kept doing food blogs to photos, to YouTube, to a TV show, to a competition, to pop-ups, to catering. And now I've got a restaurant and a food truck and I'm going to keep going. But it all started because I love cooking. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so just do what you love, man. Darshan, do you have a few questions? Then I have like four or five quick ones and then we can end. Just to back to this, um, you're saying like do what you love, but it feels like to me that you tried a lot of things before you arrived at this. You're right. So were you ignoring doing what you want to love just to get by or just to feel like, okay, I need to do this to maybe get to this point down the road? Or how did that, how did that kind of progress? I've, everything I've done, it's, it's crazy. Everything I've done in the past, I've been able to utilize now in my restaurant. So... Okay. As a photographer, I do my own photography for my food pictures. As a videographer, we make our own videos. As someone who's had a marketing company, we do a lot of our design or kind of spearheaded or whatnot. Um, all the things that I've done in the past, it was more of, it was just stuff that I, like I loved cooking back then. I loved taking photos of my food and putting it up. It all kind of just came together. Um, and it was just interest that sparked me to, like, it wasn't just to pass time. It was just kind of an evolution of, you know, 
let's try something different. I get bored very quickly. So, you know, if I started a photography and after a while I got bored of wedding photography, I'm like, you know what? I'm not feeling this anymore. Why do it if you don't love it? Right. Like, when, I, do you know, when do you know it's right to quit though? Like when do you know you're or quit or start something new? Like when, what if you're doing it too soon? What if you're doing it too late? When do you know it's the right time to move on? Because the biggest problem is a lot of people say is people often don't know when it's time to move on. When do you know it's time to move on? Yeah, it's a good question, man. It's just when you're not feeling it, honestly, like when your heart is not in it and you feel like, like when I felt like myself when I was at my corporate job again uh, and I just felt low and I'm like, you know what, this is repetitive or I don't feel that same passion that I had when I first started it, then, you know, it's time to move on. And for some people, they can't because they're so invested into it, but you're really just going to hurt yourself at the end of the day because you really hate what you're doing. Um, it's really important to always think outside the box and keep innovating and keep thinking of different ideas and how you can, you know, be innovative in your own field. So I've had the same problem at the restaurant. Um, there's some days that the business takes over my life and I'm just like, man, I hate this day-to-day -day business shit that I have to deal with. What do I do? And for months I've like just drained, but I know what I have to do. I have to hire a fucking business manager to take care of the shit that I'm doing so I can start reinventing ideas again. So if you can stay, take a step out of your bubble and really evaluate your bubble and just make, you know, Tony Robbins says it best, just shift your energy 1% this way. People think that you have to make 180 degrees change right away. You know, people think that, okay, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to fucking go and I'm going to go buy it. $300 worth of healthy food, groceries, and I'm going to meal prep tomorrow. And then a week later, they're like, shit, I, I can't do this anymore. Well, guys, it's not going to happen over a week or a day. It's going to happen yeah. for a, a, a month or a few months or a year or years. But if you keep at it every single day and you literally are focusing from this 1% shift this way and you're dealing with everyday life, but you're just kind of shifting energy a little bit this way, that shift will, will probably translate to the best decisions you've made in your life. And someone that's doing something that they love, that's lost the passion, can really ignite their passion again if they make that change one step at a time. It doesn't take overnight. Uh, it doesn't take over a year or days. It's going to be a lifetime of changes. And, you know, my health, for an example, I've been working out for two years and I'm not where I want to be. I would love to have my fucking six pack abs, but I know I won't get them overnight, but I'm going to keep working towards it. And one day, hopefully, fingers crossed, I get them. And if I don't, I know that I tried my ass off doing them, right? But it's just all about persistence and uh, and just kind of, switching your gears a little bit don't get too comfortable darshan do you have another question no i'm pretty good um so these are just quick questions um and then um we can head off uh the first question i have is is there a movie or a book that you would say um for example i was watching sex education it's a tv show um and i finished the second season and it's like a teenage show but a really well-made teenage show and it moved me I haven't cried watching a show or a movie in years, in years. But I cried not because of a sad scene. It was a fucking happy scene. And it's one of those things like, yo, shit's going to – shit will work out. Just have, you know, positive thought. And, and I'm a big believer in what Rick said is steps over leaps because um, 
you can fucking fall if you're leaping, you know? Um, so I, I totally agree with that. Is there a movie or a book that you said have, uh, uh, that you believe has impacted your life with that? Um, or any piece of art it could be? Yeah, I, mean, I can't. I, uh, one thing that's coming to mind is, um, oh, what was that book with the, the monk who, Robin Sharma? Yeah, the monk's old Ferrari. Now, my problem is I don't read all my books all the way through. Yeah. But the amount that I read, very inspiring uh, in the sense that, and then he was talking about health as well and, and kind of having all the success and then all of a sudden, you know, health is gone and, and he's got nothing and kind of wish he took care of his health and his well-being and whatnot. Uh, and we talked, I talked about that earlier, but a movie that I recently have been watching over and over, and I think that's kind of impacted me and, and I don't know if this, this kind of makes sense, but The Founder, the, move, the movie about the McDonald's yeah. and, and how they started off to kind of where uh, the founder went uh, to where they are now. And I've watched that movie like 10 times and always inspired by it because I want to grow Rick Scudits to that level. You know, I one day hopefully see Rick Scudits all over the world uh, with RFC selling like Colonel Sanders with the much on the beard, you know, and it's, it's, it's such an inspiring story because uh, not a McDonald's itself, but just how they kind of, you, you kind of, you kind of, when you, when there's, there's a brand that you really believe in and you really, really push yourself uh, and you have other people that are, that are uh, part of that vision and that plan, uh, the world is endless. I mean, you could just, you can do anything with it. Right. So, I mean, hopefully I can grow Rick Scooty to that level. That's, that's kind of all I can think of right now. Awesome. Uh, I'm sure if once I end this, I'm like, shit, I should have said that. Just but, text uh, it. Just text <laughs> it. <laughs> um, a few more questions. Two more questions. Um, one question is, what's the restaurant you would tell someone to go to before they die? Like, you have to go there before you die. And if you can go into the details of the what, meal, too, that'd be great also. Where they dialogue? Island Island Oh, yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Throw in a couple. It's okay. Throw in a couple. Okay, so, so in Toronto, Dialo, um, Chef Nick, amazing chef, like an Asian, to, t- takes recipes from his grandparents and elevates it to something that, like a Big Mac bao. Uh, he take a, a uh, you know, he, he, he definitely deserves a Michelin star. Unfortunately, we don't have any Michelin stars here in, in, in Toronto or Ontario or I don't even think in Canada. Canada, yeah, none. Um, but uh, beautiful restaurant, beautiful person, really cool story. Um, but one of the best experiences that Joth and I have, have ever been on is a Michelin star restaurant, three Michelin star in Paris, Alain Ducasse. Three and a half hours of sitting down and just watching. Now, think of it this way. You sit down and as you enter the restaurant, it's, it's life-changing. You see this beautiful restaurant and you see just people walking around with carts of bread and champagne and amazing service. And then you sit down and you choose your menu. You don't even know what the fuck you're ordering and the pricing. And it's crazy because the men's menu doesn't have the price. Uh, no, sorry, the men's menu. Uh, no, the female's menu doesn't have the price. 
and the men's menu has a price, but then they go to the female and they're like, what would you like to order, man? Oh, that's hilarious. He's choosing like a $175 glass of fucking champagne. Wow. No idea, but you're like, hey, I don't give a shit, let's do this. So you sit down and it's like an orchestra. Like as soon as they take your order, boom, carts are coming to you. People are coming to you. They're, 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 they're moving your plates and your napkins and you're, they're setting it up for the next course. And there's just flawless community. There's no communication, but it's all eye contact with the staff. And you're sitting there for three and a half hours and it's like the most beautiful symphony that you've ever been to. And you walk out of there like, holy shit, that five or four grand worth of food and drinks was fucking expensive, but it was the best experience of my life because number one, we've always wanted to go to a Michelin star restaurant. Number two, it's, it's so hard to describe, but it's like a beautiful concert or symphony of just someone doing this and your food is just coming flawlessly. As soon as you get up, if your napkin is on the floor or on the couch, someone comes and there's like, they're just, they've got eyes like hots and they just come and fix it. And it's such a beautiful experience. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, I think probably if you have a chance, uh, we went to Gordon Ramsay's restaurant as well in London, but Alain Ducasse in Paris was probably by far the most uh, amazing experience we've had so far. Awesome. Just two quick ones. Um, one more is, um, I feel like the most important for me personally, the most important, um, like, thing a person could have an attribute a person could have is sort of uh having self-discipline i feel like um in, in all forms whether it's overeating or over drinking or being greedy i think self-discipline is the most important thing uh, a person can, that can be equipped with are there practices that you have in your daily life that have bettered your self-discipline whether it's making your bed in the morning or meditating or um going for like a jog uh are there things that you have like if you can list three or four or five things that you do in your daily or weekly or annually to get better at self-discipline i'm learning to be honest um that's something that that's that's still coming to me and i'm still getting used to and this time that we have off it's really teaching me of things that i want to do every single day like meditate or go for a workout uh to clear my mind or to just kind of sit and relax and close my eyes and take a deep breath. Uh, and, you know, it's, there's, there's nothing that I do every day that's repetitive every single day. Every day is a different day for me. But, um, and I'm, I'm not all about schedules and routines, um, but I'm learning that routines are nice. Not a full routine, but some sort of, something in a day that's going to make me ease and calm like meditation or working out um you know my cup of coffee if i can sit down and have a cup of coffee and just not think about anything um and those are things that i'm starting to learn um and uh because before i was just fucking go 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 wake up go you know just eat on the go eat on different times and now i've been eating Intermittent fasting twice a day with a snack in between. Nice. I've been having a coffee a day. I've been going for a walk or a workout a day. And honestly, man, I feel, I feel a hundred times better. And, and that, and I'm learning from that. And it's been such a blessing because I get to learn a little bit more about myself. So maybe in a, in, in a couple of months, I'll probably have a better answer, but 
those small things uh, like working out and, and so forth are kind of my my daily routines that I'm that I'm really enjoying. This was like incredible. We got I feel like um, our listeners on the first podcast it was sort of a conversation and you guys shooting this shit, but I feel like our listeners really got to understand what Rick's about. And I think one great thing is that and you've answered some of the questions like that. Like the story's not over. There's a lot of work that needs to be done both in your career and like, you, you know, yourself, your personal self also. And I think that's what is so encouraging is like everyone's sort of a work in progress. And I yeah. think for both of us, particularly Darshan, because he's known you for longer to see where you, where you've gone. Uh, it's an incredible, incredible story. And we are glad we can share it with other people. Uh, and hopefully it inspires other people, man, other Rick's would hopefully not RFCs, but maybe some others type of, you know, well, it has for sure. I remember there was a place that opened up when I lived uh, at Jundas and Jarvis. There was a guy, and I forgot his 